0: Hi, this is Todd Nettleton, the host of The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for being a VOM Radio listener. Today is a huge day for me, and if you listen to our most recent episode of VOM Radio, you already know why. Today is release day for my new book, When Faith is Forbidden, 40 Days on the Frontlines with Persecuted Christians. After literally years of writing, Uh, more than a year of editing and design and other work. Today's the day when readers all over the country and hopefully the world will have a copy of the book in their hands. They will begin to read and be inspired by the stories of some of the amazing, heroic Christians that I have had the privilege of meeting over the past 23 years. To celebrate the new book and to thank our podcast listeners, We thought we'd share the first two chapters of the audiobook with our VOM Radio podcast family. The audiobook will be available soon from your favorite audiobook outlet. You can learn more and there are links to order your copy at www.whenfaithisforbidden.com. Again, the website www.whenfaithisforbidden.com. And now here's the first chapter of the audiobook called Departure Day. Departure Day Pre-Flight Checklist These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear— that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16. We're leaving for the airport in 25 minutes. I hope you're ready. I'm rushing around my house trying to figure out how to get my suitcase closed and which things in it I won't actually need on the trip. I check my phone again to see what the weather is predicted to be. The warm jacket takes up a lot of suitcase space. Will I need it? Will I need a nicer pair of shoes for church? Is anyone going to expect me to be wearing a tie? Every extra item prompts a tiny cost-benefit analysis. Yes, it would be nice to have my running shoes in case the hotel has a fitness center, but they take up precious space. Yes, I'd love to have my personal Bible, but my traveling New Testament is much smaller and lighter, and I have the whole Bible on my phone if I need it. And I always hope to have a little bit of extra space when I leave because invariably I come home with a small souvenir for my wife, or a gift for my sons and daughters-in-law. When they were young, their favorites were swords, knives, or any sort of weapon. As the son of missionaries, I grew up in a traveling family. The packing rules were simple. If you can't carry it yourself, you can't bring it. This was sometimes tested, such as when we carried silverware for 12 to Papua New Guinea in our carry-on bags. I still try to follow that rule, one medium-sized checked bag and one carry-on, which has my camera, headphones, an e-book reader, as well as various and sundry power adapter cords, and hopefully a snack and a spare shirt, because there's never a guarantee your suitcase will arrive the same time you do. Our ride should be here in 10 minutes. Can you push down right here while I zip my suitcase closed? Early on in my time at the Voice of the Martyrs, I had a very different idea about visiting persecuted Christians. I remember on my first VOM trip to China, our team was going to meet a pastor who'd been arrested multiple times in the previous three months. He led a large unregistered church that met on Tuesdays, and police and religious affairs authorities had taken to arresting him each Tuesday morning so he couldn't lead the services. They'd hold him all day or even overnight, then let him go just so he couldn't lead his growing flock. So as we went to visit, I had a picture in my mind of this poor, abused pastor. I thought how much of a blessing it would be to him for foreigners to come and cheer him up because he'd no doubt be feeling deeply discouraged. My ideas couldn't have been much further from reality. When we arrived at his apartment, he was smiling and joyful. He was thrilled that people in his area were meeting Jesus Christ, thrilled that his flock was growing. If the price of effective ministry was a few measly arrests or a few nights in jail, then so what? It was worth it to see lives changed and Christ's kingdom grow. I remember clearly how he showed us the bag he took with him to church. It had a blanket and a change of clothes. It was his jail bag, and he was packed and ready to go. I turned to his wife, sitting to the side as we sipped cups of tea. Don't you worry about him? I asked, pointing to the pastor. Why should I be worried? She answered through the translator. God will take care of him. God will take care of him, and God will take care of us. Since that trip, I have different ideas about my travels. While persecuted Christians greatly enjoy fellowship with other believers, they don't need me to cheer them up. In fact, often in their presence, I wish for more of the joy that shows on their faces and in their lives. I go to hear their stories. I go as a learner, wanting to know more about their faith and their walk on their journey toward home a better country that is a heavenly one. And when I get back to my earthly home, I want to tell the story of their amazing faith. Will you peek out the window to see if our ride is here? As you begin listening to this book, we're going on a journey together. We're going to spend 40 days experiencing what it's like to travel into restricted nations and visit people like that brave Chinese pastor and his wife. I'm glad you're coming along with me to hear the stories of some of those I've met over the past 23 years. But if you're a follower of Christ, you were on a journey before you started listening to this book. In several places, like the passage we started with today, the Bible talks about Christ's followers as visitors, foreigners, exiles, and even aliens here on earth. We're not home here because we're not of this world. We're only traveling, heading toward our real home, heaven. So as we take this journey together to meet persecuted Christians, I hope we learn some truths for our other, more important journey, the one that will take us to heaven. As we're leaving for the airport, here's the first lesson. Pack lightly. Many Christians are journeying through life carrying more baggage than they should be. Instead of one checked bag and one carry-on, they're trying to take six checked bags and three huge carry-ons. They load up a cart to push through the airport, but then they can't even see where they are going to push the cart. They're thinking more about where they are now than about their final destination, and they're carrying way too much. And just as the airlines charge a passenger for overweight bags— These believers are paying a price for carrying too much weight. Maybe your extra bag is unforgiveness. You're carrying a grudge that's making your bag too heavy. Maybe it's unconfessed sin. Perhaps you're carrying too many material possessions that keep you from thinking enough about our real home. Maybe it's busyness. Your schedule is so packed you can't even take time to enjoy the places you're visiting. There's our ride, pulling into the driveway. As we head to the airport and as we depart for this journey together, will you prayerfully ask God to show you if you're carrying too much through your life's journey? I hope the testimonies of our persecuted family members will bless and challenge you, and I hope they'll make you think more about our true home and about the path you're on to get there. Passport? Check. Itinerary printout. Yes. Money. Check. Okay, we're ready. Pat the dog. Kiss your spouse and kids. Let's go. For reflection. How often do you remember that you are a stranger and exile on this earth and that your ultimate destination is a better country? How does that knowledge affect the way you will live this day? Are you packing lightly for the journey through this life on your way home? Are you carrying anything that you don't need, that serves only to take up space and make your bags too heavy? As you consider these questions, write answers in your journal. What needs to happen for you to lay those things down and leave them behind? Pre-Flight Prayer Lord God, please go with us on this journey. Please soften my heart for the people we'll meet along the way and use them to show me more of your truth. Remind me often of the better country, my real home, and escort me safely throughout this trip until you bring me there. Please show me if there are things I'm carrying that I shouldn't be and help me to lay them down. From my journal. October nineteenth, 1998, right before leaving on my first trip for VOM to Sudan. One week from tomorrow, I will be leaving my nice, safe, comfortable life in Bartlesville to spend 10 days distributing food and Bibles in Sudan, about 10,000 miles outside my comfort zone. It has been interesting the ways I have thought about this trip and what might happen. First, I had to think about the possibility that I won't come back. Sudan is a dangerous place, and quite honestly, the government soldiers there wouldn't hesitate to put a bullet in my pale American body. Knowing I might not come back has given special urgency to my days here. I want to spend every moment with Char and the boys, being an exemplary husband and father. I want to be caring and compassionate. I want to turn off the TV and spend more time talking and listening. I want to hug a lot and tell them each I love them about 25 times a day. But then I felt guilty. Why don't I live like that all the time? Why does a trip to Sudan scare me into being the man I should be 365 days a year? Do I feel vulnerable in war-torn Africa but think I'm indestructible in America? Do I not know that a drunk driver or drive-by shooter or random act of violence or car wreck could end my life tomorrow right here in America? Why don't I always live ready to die instead of only when I'm getting ready for an international trip? Perhaps that is the lesson of this trip for me, not to take tomorrow for granted, but to live each day ready to step off planet Earth and into eternity. You've been listening to a special podcast excerpt of the new book, When Faith is Forbidden, 40 Days on the Front Lines with Persecuted Christians, by Todd Nettleton with The Voice of the Martyrs, published by Moody Publishers. You can learn more about the book and order your copy at www.whenfaithisforbidden.com. Again, the website, www.whenfaithisforbidden.com dot com.